Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of True North Nerds. Yay! This week, we are going to uh, review The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad, this is The Suicide Squad. Totally different. The sequel, question mark, to the previous film, uh, written and directed by James Gunn and starring a whole lot of people that we like. But before that, we have Kevin. Hello. Hello. And we have Jen. Hi. So, Ryan, yes. what's in the news this week? Uh, stuff. Good night, uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Where to start? Uh, here, let's start with... Uh, oh, we got uh, a date announcement for the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. Ooh. It will be starting on November 24th. Wonderful. And uh, so if you do the math, that means it will be airing on Disney Plus and overlapping with the Spider-Man movie in December. Mm. Which uh, added fuel to rumors that either Daredevil or Kingpin now are in uh, possibly in both. Only time will tell. Ooh. Very cool. Uh, more Disney news. Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney over the simultaneous release of Black Widow. So I guess you know, she had a back end uh, money in her contract for the uh, theatrical release, which you know she probably feels she's not getting as much of because it's being released on Disney Plus at the same time. And this will all get worked out because this is the way those type of Hollywood contracts and all that work. But uh, it was getting a little uh, heated for a bit. Disney was firing back. Like It seemed a little out of the ordinary. But I mean, think of, you know, one article I read said it might have had something to do with the uh, change at the top and the way that things were being treated since uh, the former uh, what, president or CEO or whatever his name was uh, has now left and the other guy's taken over. Uh, just the way they kind of be a little more antagonistic with the uh, with the talent in this case. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it I know will she be. She's getting a lot of. Oh, no, she's getting a lot of grief, I think, from people online about this, about her suing Disney. But honestly, good for her. I mean, if this was her deal, and they reneged on the deal, then she should sue them. Like, good for her. I am. I'm yeah. fully supporting it. Well, especially yeah. if you read what her lawsuit states, it, uh, if her version of the events is accurate, it's not like this came out of the blue. Is They tried to renegotiate to include uh, more money due to streaming fairly early on in the this process of COVID. Yeah, in, like, in the it, process it, of the movie being moved. And I thought, yeah. From what I read there, it also, yeah, that's why the part of the reason why the movie kept getting delayed, they said, because I guess they were trying to avoid uh, having, you know, doing what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, they, like, each time Disney, uh, this is according to her and her team, each time Disney assured them, nope, it's going to get a traditional release. You're going to get your money on the back end. Don't worry about it. And, then they, according to the lawsuit, just blatantly lied and released it on Disney Plus. Mm. So without any recompense. So if it, like Ryan basically stated, this will probably be solved out of court. Like these it, things usually yeah. don't go that. It far. will be interesting to me to see if there are similar lawsuits from people like Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, who, who had the same thing happen to them with Jungle Cruise. You know. I think I it depends come, on what their initial their initial deal was. Yeah, yeah, and if they have those back end contracts or not. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is this is part of a long line of <laughs> a long tradition of lawsuits like this over the last couple of years. Yeah. Mainly because, you know, streaming wasn't a thing when certain contracts were were filled out. Or if it was, it wasn't as much of a thing as it is now. Yeah. So it's very much like when DVDs and Blu-rays started coming out. Mm-hmm. There was added like a lot of people coming out <laughs> and wanting money for that because their original contracts for like, you know, Night Court or WKRP or stuff like that never included home release. Right. <laughs> or if they did, it was specified as like, you know, video cassette. So yeah. the lawyers of the film yeah. film and television companies went, well, you got your video cassette money. <laughs> so. It, it it is kind of going to be sort of a precedent setting thing, I think. Like, sure. especially when it comes to back end stuff, and in the future, just shit's going to be already set in stone from kind of this point out. Yep. And addressing the back end contract stuff, uh, the one article I was reading does make it sound like uh, at least Disney, in the, under the new management, is possibly uh, wanting to get away from those type of deals. Uh, and ha- just have the straight up, here's your money, you show up, you do your job, you know, you film the movie, you get paid X amount, and that's it. No, you know, no back end, right. gross net, any of that kind of cut. Um, yeah. I think, I think a be lot of studios want to get, uh, from the sounds of it, a lot of studios are hoping to get away, you know, get back to that. Like, right. Like the old style of contracts. Yeah, I think that might, that'll be tricky though because a lot of the movie or a lot of the money is made through the back end stuff like the DVD video release, the streaming release, well, you know, toy DVD merchandising. Video is a separate those home release like Brent said, that's usually a separate thing. That's yeah. just like your toy likenesses and merchandising. But I mean more yeah, the, but if you said the theatrical run back end money that she's this is what she's talking about, right? Like yeah. the you know, the she just like well the the story was Robert Downey Jr., wasn't it on Avengers took a pay cut, but got a big piece of the back end and ended up making way more money than he ever would have on his original contract. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just smart business. So, well, yeah, it's smart and exactly that's why the you know the 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 actors and the actors guild and all that you know the they love it. They like these contracts, but then I can see why being a producer or a studio, you'd be like, yeah, no, yeah. I'd rather just pay you to do you know to make the movie at X amount. Mm-hmm. and make my money after and not have to share that. Yeah. There'll and be certain case-by-case case basis. Oh, I'm, for sure. I'm sure of. But and I like, think, I was going to say, like like Kevin said, I think this might be precedent setting. So may it might actually end up going to court, just depending on what precedent they're fighting for. Yeah, But right. I don't think it's going to be a big, long, convoluted thing. Like, it'll quietly be looked at by a judge and then move on, right? So, yeah. The one it's other interesting. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, it's the the one that it all sort of goes back to, like, and that will change depending on the like the studio and the movie. Is famously, uh, Keanu Reeves signed a very low end deal for the Matrix movie, but signed all on the back end, like that, like he got theatrical receipts back and made millions upon millions more than he ever would have yeah, so. just as an acting contract, like even at his top salary at the time. And that's, and you're going to, I think no matter what, there'll still be deals like that every once in a while when they really want somebody for a movie and want it to do well, they'll just suck it up. Yeah. The, uh, the other point, the article was making that kind of made sense and was very interesting was that I guess, you, so you see these kind of back-end deals on theatrical movies. And then it almost they made the point that, you know, when your actor has that kind of a deal, they're a little more involved. They care a little more about what they're doing and how everything's coming out because they know, you know, it needs to be good so they can make money. Versus possibly how on a lot of these state straight-to-streaming movies that don't have that kind of back-end money, it's just a straight, flat, money up front how you know you sometimes get the feeling like people are phoning it in mm. and why you get that sometimes you know we've referred to it as you know like a, a netflix quality movie versus a theatrical run movie 
Mm. It just kind of feels a little flat. They were speculating that that could be uh, a byproduct. We shall see. Things are changing with the theaters. Like it's the the genie has been kind of let out of the bottle. It's who sees if we will be able to put it back in. Like you look at recent box office returns. Um, a lot of studios are calling them disappointing, but there's many people saying like, "Hey, this is just what you're going to have to deal with now." It, like they're all making money, but it's like that first weekend and then like a real steep drop off. Like, and that's we're talking Black Widow, Fast Nine, and and uh, Snake Eyes all did fairly solid box office their first week, not like what they were expecting, but. The drop-off on week two has been remarkably sharp. Yeah. Because you can watch it at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and even some of them like that, you can't. You, you just have to wait. Like, Snake Eyes will be available on demand in four, uh, 45 days after it starts. It's uh, it started its uh, theatrical run, I believe I read. So. Yep. And yeah, you don't even have to wait that, that long. normal. Yeah. Yeah. Where it used to be like six months. It was the same thing. Wasn't yeah, it was it? the same thing with the uh, um. What was the other? The Raya and the Last Dragon, the the Disney movie, um, where it was like well, the same thing, I guess, with Black Widow, where you have it on and you can pay the premium to watch yeah. it right away, or you wait something like thirty days and then you can watch it with your subscription. And I'm like, well, thirty days is not that long mm-hmm. to wait to watch a movie, so you just, you know, why pay the extra thirty five dollars? Yeah. Um, oh, next point. So uh, we had some Doctor Who news. Mm, yes. Uh, showrunner Chris Sindabal. Chibnall. Chibnall? Chibnall, yeah. Okay. And uh, star Jodie Whittaker are departing the series um, after a trio of specials for 2022. Yeah. So I guess they had made a deal with each other when they started that they would uh, kind of only do it as long as each other wanted to do it. And they've decided that their time is done now and they'll move on after these specials and uh, then we'll get another doctor. Mm. It's interesting, the timing of this. Um, you know, most most modern doctors only stay for three years. Jody had a bit of a rough go because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Obviously, her mm-hmm. the, and the fact that she was doing only ten episodes per series as opposed to thirteen that the others were doing. But the other thing that gets me is that twenty twenty three is the sixtieth anniversary of Doctor Who. Uh, I'm surprised she wouldn't want to stay for that. Or maybe maybe we're going to get a fresh start for Doctor Who uh, in twenty three because it is the sixtieth anniversary. Oh, who yeah. knows? I can't believe it's been so that behind long. on that. the 50th anniversary. But. Well, I was going to say, it feels like yeah. it's just the 50th the other day, right? Like, but, yeah. uh, and really, I don't know, I was going to make a big deal that it's the 60th because, you know, that 60 is just it's 60. 10 years after 50, 15 before 75. So Netflix yeah. has uh, decided to that it will require all of its cast and crew working on, at least on certain Netflix sets. Uh, they will be required to be vaccinated against COVID-19, making it the first studio to implement the mandate. Hmm. That's good news. Yeah. It's good I'm, and I'm it's interesting. Oh, I'm on board, too. I've been, I'm fully vaccinated, so I don't care. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, comes of that, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see there was a news story this week about, I think it was Sharon Stone was was pushing to have any person working on any, the thing that she's working on right now, everybody needed to be vaccinated and there was some pushback against her. I'm like, no, she's just being smart and trying to protect everybody. Like, yeah, I guess if it's coming from, people. it's one of those things where if it's coming from one individual on a set versus if it's coming from the person running the show, like if it was a, yeah. the studio or the producer or the director versus just the actor, maybe it wouldn't have been, but that wouldn't have gotten the pushback. Yeah. yeah. Well, that uh, that that happened. Uh, what was it last year with that 
recorded rant of Tom Cruise. And, you know, like. Yeah, where he just wanted. Was he being to... a little bit over the top and a little bit of an asshole about it? Yeah, kind of. But at the same time, he had very, very valid points. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know. And it was kind of surprising that someone with his background was totally pro-vaccine. Yeah. Well, it it wasn't so much. I don't think it was vaccine at the time. It was the just the steps to keep everybody oh, okay. away from That's one true. another and stuff. I don't think the, yeah, the vaccine, the vaccine might not have been out was okay. part of the argument because I, I'm not even sure they we had one at that point. You're right. But, I could, you know, you're probably right. Yeah, but it was more the, you know, like keeping the set small and wearing your masks and all that sort of shit. But Yeah. yeah. All right. Is there a happier story next? Yes, there is. <laughs> Ooh. We got a new Ghostbusters trailer, and I'm excited for this movie. If you didn't yeah. know already, I am a Ghostbusters fan, and I mm. have been looking forward to this movie <laughs> Since it was supposed to be out last summer. And the more that they show us, the more, less I want to see because it's like, okay, I don't want to see any more because this thing looks like it might be actually, you know, might be a good movie and I want to be surprised by stuff. Yeah. So the first trailer that they released, I watched and I was like, eh, that looks okay, I guess. Uh, but this trailer that came out recently has definitely intrigued me more and now I'm more excited to see it. I mean, I figured I was going to go see it one way or the other anyway. I just wasn't excited for it. But now after this trailer, I'm like, okay, now I see more how it ties into the old Ghostbusters. And it's a little bit more intriguing. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm i still not sold on this. I just don't care enough. I'll go see it <laughs> if I'm free and movie theaters are open. But uh, uh, yeah. It is a happier story, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So Bad Batch has uh, been announced. We're getting a season two as we come Yay. up to the end of season one. It doesn't surprise me. No. I'm enjoying Bad Batch. Yeah, me too. I honestly didn't think I would, but I really am. <laughs> And uh, oh, some more Disney news. They announced the the Star Wars Galactic Star uh, yeah Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser prices yeah. and some of the stuff you can expect when you are staying there. Oh, uh, is that the, price, the Star Wars Hotel? Yes, it is. Uh, prices cool. range from four thousand eight hundred and nine dollars to you know, to a whopping five thousand nine hundred and ninety nine all U.S. dollars for two nights. Yes. Yeah. Very, it's rooms not... vary from like what from five to eight persons. Uh, the, the, yeah. On the different uh, packages and everything. So yeah, it depends on the size of your room, whether yeah. you get a suite or a cabin. Um, I'm actually looking into it with some friends, going in a group of five, so to try to cut the cost a little bit, but. Uh, it might be out of my price range. It's it's ridiculous how expensive it is. Now, having said that, it does include all of your food and beverage for those two days. It, it gets you backdoored into Galaxy's Edge and exclusive rides on Rise of the Resistance and um, Millennium Falcon. Um, it, it sounds really interesting. It sounds like a... It, it almost sounds like a Star Wars Renaissance festival, you know, everybody's in character, but uh, it, it's just it's so much money. And I get that they have to pay a lot of performers and you've got to do like crazy makeups on people and there's high tech stuff happening. But uh, just ridiculous, the, the price. So we'll see. Maybe knock wood if I win the lottery. No, no. Now, is when this, uh, I win is, the lottery, is this something that would go down in price in a couple of years? Do you think, or would it just is this what it would be? And if anything, might go up a little bit with like inflation. Disney doesn't stuff. lower prices. I, yes, I don't know yeah. these things. That's why I was asking. <laughs> um, I can I can see it burning bright and then. Uh, 
and then the flame extinguishing because it feels like anybody who can afford it and wants wants to do it will do it early mm. and then i don't know i don't i don't know i don't i'm it's going to be really interesting to see how it works so yeah i'll wait for the the uh Ninety percent off weekend. <laughs> Even I know that's not something that happens with Disney. <laughs> When's the free weekend for anybody with a podcast? Maybe, uh, maybe you can get a make a wish. Well, that's just it. I was listening. <laughs> oh, to that's a, fucking terrible. I, I was listening to a podcast about uh, theme parks, and they said. I am not going to trust anything that gets said about it in the first week because Disney does offer bloggers and vloggers, you know, complimentary visits and stays when things get opened. So those people are all going to love it, but they also haven't paid $4,000 for the privilege of being there. Yeah. I will tell yeah, Disney, so, uh, Disney, Disney hey, you want some good tell reviews? I can go for free. Yeah. 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 Disney we, wants some good reviews. Uh, they'll get four solid ones. If we get it for free. Yeah, we, we can be bought. Uh-huh. My integrity Definitely can be bought. <laughs> Next, uh, my last little bit of news is uh, apparently uh, Alex Kurtzman is developing a Star uh, Starfleet Academy series for Paramount Plus. Hmm. So all I know about this is basically that um, Kurtzman's contract has been extended for five years. Um, he will be in charge of Star Trek at least through 2026. So uh, and that includes developing new projects as well as continuing the projects that are ongoing right now, too. So um, there was a great article um, from uh, Inverse um that uh, comp- compared Star Trek to the MCU and how different their approaches are. Uh, I should link it in our uh, Facebook groups because it's a really interesting uh, uh, look at, at the state of these two franchises and how different, how they're trying to do similar things but differently. Um, and Kurtzman, uh, Kurtzman is the uh, Kevin Feige of Star Trek right now. So everyone needs a Kevin Feige. Yeah, no kidding. I've got a couple things or one sort of a uh, small thing that's come out of, uh, oh, oh, two, sorry. So, uh, the small, uh, European comic news, but, uh, Brent is very happy about, uh, the latest volume of black sad has been announced for English publishing. Ooh. So we're going to see it, uh, via your, uh, Europe comics digitally first in October, and then next summer, Dark Horse is going to do a print version. Uh, long-time listeners will know that I freaking love this comic about uh, anapom- ana- I can never say this right. Anthropomorphic. 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 Animals in a uh, like film noir sort of setting. And uh, if you go back in our archives... There is a good, uh, I think it's an hour-long panel that I did with the artist Juanjo Guarnido uh, a couple of years ago at Fan Expo. That's very, very good. So I'm very happy about that. And I'm glad that Dark Horse is still doing something with the license a little bit. Because uh, European comics, uh, they come out when they come out. They don't come mm-hmm. out on a monthly basis. So <laughs> it was a bit of a long wait. The uh, the last thing I this was uh, something that I had kind of forgotten about, but I think we talked about it way, 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 way back. Um, we've got a little bit of news from uh, Mr. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and the continuation of Big Trouble in Little China that he was planning to do. Oh, Apparently, okay. huh. uh, uh, yeah. Um, so. It was lots of people kept terming it as a reboot and he and his producers have always stated that it's not a reboot. He's not playing Kurt Russell's character of Jack Burton, but it would be more of a continuation similar in the style to what Jumanji ended up doing. Like uh, the, Mm. the Jumanji movies do not write out the Robin Williams movie, but they're not 
essentially attached to it. So uh, gently attached. Yeah. So it's there. They're still looking at making it. But the interesting thing that has popped up is uh, from interviews with uh, Seven Bucks Productions, uh, which is Johnson's company, Hiram Garcia. uh, He's one of their head producers and uh, uh, president of production there. Uh, basically is stated that they really want to do it. They're working on takes on it, but some hiccups have popped up and the wording of it kind of makes you think that it's got something to do with rights ownership. Mm. So with with all these movie companies being bought up and sold the last couple of years, wouldn't be surprising. But uh, yeah, man, that's all that I got. I just, just found a new a news bit here as I'm looking through my social medias. Um, Jen, are you familiar with the author Mercedes Lackey? Yes. Um, her Valdemir, Valdemar Universe fantasy book series is in the works for television. Oh, I have not read that series. Yes. I read uh, some of her things and they're pretty good, but I haven't read that one. So uh, it's the last Herald Mage trilogy is the, going to be the first season. Uh, Magic's Pawn, Magic's Price, and Magic's Promise. And I'm trying to see which company has picked it up. It's it's Radar Pictures. So just thought that. Oh, was you know of... what? I've seen these books, but I haven't read them. The Black Griffin, the White Griffin, the Silver Griffin, and several more. From the late 80s, early 90s, it seems. Yes, I just Googled it. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, and the uh, the lead characters are openly gay. Uh, so, oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's got that going for it as well. Oh, there's quite a few books. Mm. It's like, okay, now I'm not sure if this is all the same series or just all the books by Mercedes Lackey. So, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Alrighty, oh, I will read those. <laughs> that brings us to the the main event of this episode: a review on the Suicide Squad. Uh, mm-hmm. Three of us uh, got to check it out. Unfortunately, Kevin was stopped in traffic. When, I tried to get there, but when you yeah, arrive at the theater forty five minutes late, there's no point in going in. So yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got a refund. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? All of these books are in that series. Sorry. There's like 35 <laughs> books in the series. Holy crap. <laughs> 37. Nope. Yeah, 38 books in the series. So there's lots to draw from is what you're saying? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Okay, go ahead. Back to Suicide this, this so, Suicide Squad. <laughs> so did they give you a hard time at all about uh, you asking for a refund or what did no, they say? No, just... The the uh, young man who was helping me was in training and he had to get a manager and uh, yeah no she, and the manager was lovely she's like you know uh, no I, that happens we'll just call it an emergency situation and refund your money I'm like oh, okay yep. they tried to refund it onto my debit card and like well my friend bought the ticket so we weren't sure if it went through but it, they claim it did yeah on their- it did I got the receipt Good. I got Good. the receipt so now you have a uh- Next I have a sixteen dollar credit with the Bank of Jen. Yes, <laughs> the next movie's on me. <laughs> so, um, this movie is—I uh, kind of liken it to weirdly uh, the Incredible Hulk and the, the Hulk in general uh, in the MCU franchise, where the Ang Lee Hulk movie maybe didn't necessarily happen. But there was definitely a Hulk movie. <laughs> it's it's one of those oh, it's one of those it weird. No, I consider the uh, the Ang Lee one never happened. That's not part of MCU. The Incredible Hulk is, I would say, oh, because the they show. Movies. I meant the Suicide. Yeah, but if you watch one. the Incredible Hulk, it kind of references that Ang Lee movie in uh, in small spots, but not really. But it, it does about the same amount that. You know, the MCU one does. So if the Incredible Hulk is part of it, so is the Hulk. 
Yeah, but I don't. I don't think. I think you're mistaken in that. Open. I don't think that it's referring Save to. Save it the, for when we do a Hulk yeah. podcast. Which I <laughs> no, hope is never I'm going to argue now. Those. Leave me alone. <laughs> you can't mute me. Ha <laughs> Yeah, but I could probably drop you out from the call. <laughs> I'll just call. Anyways, back. this sort anyway. of take like none of the re- events of the original Suicide Squad are really referenced in this thing. But it does have some of the characters from it. Well, played by the same actors. Jared Leto? Is Jared Leto in this movie? No. No. This this is is why I disagree with that. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead, Jen. Because I probably Um, agree with you. Yeah. Whoa, for once. (laughs) So, I watched it. This is. I have a terrible memory, so I watch a YouTube video to refresh my memory about the. The, the first Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. And there's a lot of things uh, they were talking specifically about Harley that makes it that references those first two movies. So, for example, uh, she's got a tattoo in in Suicide Squad that said something like uh, belongs to Joker. And in this one, it says belongs to no one. It's been uh, I guess the idea is that she had it laser changed or retattooed. In the first one, she's wearing a, a jacket that says Property of the Joker. And on this one, she's wearing a jacket that I love that says Live Free and Die Clown. <laughs> I love that jacket. Now. And she to... also, like, she references, like, she knows Boomerang. She knows Flag. Like, she's yeah. she's definitely. So I think that past movie, those past movies did happen. And, like, this is part of the continuity. They just don't, like, there's nothing that happened in those two movies plot-wise that's relevant to this one other than saying, oh, yeah, I know who Boomerang is. I know who Flag is. Like, that's all she needs to know. Yeah. And that she hates Joker now. But at the same time, I don't think you need to see Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey in order to oh. get this movie. Oh, definitely not. No. no. Yeah, I was going to ask if there were any references to Birds of Prey. No, no, no. You, it, 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 It's in the same – it's a continuation of the story, but it doesn't – you don't need to know – it, it kind of just adds a little bit of flavor if you know that part of it, but right. it's not necessary for this movie. Yeah. But Although yeah, I probably were... I probably would watch the first Suicide movie first, just so that you kind of get an idea of what what's going on. But again, they explained it in this movie, so you don't even need to. Yeah. I think they actually pull off the, the idea of it being the Suicide Squad better in this movie than the first one did. Yes. And the yeah. fact that, you know, not everybody makes it out alive type of thing. Well, and it's made incredibly clear like, within in the, the first, first 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah. That that's whereas like if you look at the the last one out of the the squad in the the original suicide squad, there's what? Only two of them don't end up making it out? Um there's the the guy played by Adam Beach who uh what Slipknot, I think yeah. his name is. Yeah, you guys right guy. off the bat. And yep. then there's um, El Diablo. Oh yeah, I was gonna say what happened to the yeah, but he's yeah, I forgot. He after he goes like fire god, he like gets killed. I forgot about. But that. I think everybody else lives, right? Yeah, those are the only two. Yeah. Where in this one? Um, <laughs> are, are are you sure you're okay with spoilers, Kevin? Well, before we yeah yeah yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I know lots of these people are gonna die. I mean, they're really only there to die. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, well, did you have something you wanted to ask before? Well, I we wanted start? to ask before we get into specifics. In the states, this movie was rated R. In Canada, it's rated 14A. Does this movie deserve its R rating? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's gory. Um, <laughs> my basic review, Kevin, with that doesn't spoil anything, is this is honestly a trauma movie with a good budget. Oh. Like it, it, it is like it has a, like a lot of the trauma tropes, tropes, but like it's just better done all the way across the board. Like it's a better okay. written movie. It's better directed than most trauma films are. It has a like compared to a trauma film, it has incredibly large budget, but it, a lot of it like, you know, and that's where James Gunn got to start out of 
Right. So it makes sense. And like even Lloyd Kaufman makes an appearance in the film. Wow. <laughs> he's he's in the bar. Well, he's a he's one of the the several lucky charms that uh, James Gunn uses. puts in his movies. Right. It, it's it's him. It's uh, Nathan Fillion makes an appearance somewhere, and it's Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All appear in this film. Yeah. Cool. So, All right. Yes, do not take small children to see this movie. No, please. definitely not. Okay. So go ahead and spoil away. Um, well, let's go around the table. Um, we'll start with uh, Ryan. What did you think of the movie on a whole? Uh, on a whole, I uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it has some very big moments. Uh, by big, I mean there's a kaiju in this movie that comes out of you know, <laughs> that breaks out of a building. Uh, that you know, yeah, that's given away in the in the trailer and stuff. But I think if that wasn't in the trailer, that would have been a pretty huge reveal. It, it would have kind of been really out of left field too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think yeah, yeah. It has its moment. Uh, there's a few other moments that the hearing that there's only a 14A here. Uh, kind of surprised me because I thought maybe this was rated R with the amount of blood and stuff that's in it. But then my thought was, I wonder if, so there's that sequence where Harley's escaping. Okay. Yeah. When all of a sudden it's just, you know, all the blood starts turning into like flowers and stuff. Yeah. Which made me wonder, like, huh, I wonder if this, they did this whole sequence covering up the blood with flowers to keep their rating at a certain rating. It it might be part of that, yeah. You know and how like, you only get so much blood in, and so much so much swearing, yeah, so much nudity. I like what in Kill Bill where there's that sequence that goes black and white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was surprised that there was a full well not a full frontal but uh, a male frontal nudity in this movie. Oh, there was. I missed King that. Shark? No. Yeah. Um, when they're going through and uh, trying to save Flag Jen. Remember mm-hmm. that sequence? There's the when gentleman that walks when they're when they're going through the village. Oh, of the camp, yeah. The camp to get flag, and they're like yeah. showing off on how to kill each other, and like how they're like, "Oh, I killed this guy," you know, and then this way that there's a guy that walks out of like a hut. And he's just got a shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just got a shirt pants. on. He's not wearing pants. Oh. Yeah, no, that scene was cut. Uh, hmm. So it's quick, but it's well, like, oh, I guess we'll get, I guess we'll get to my review, but I found a lot of those scenes were a little bit too gross and I wasn't fully looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> they were a little gross. Oh yeah. Like the, well, like, yeah, the fact that, you know, Brent's calling it a trauma, a trauma movie is yeah, very on the nose there. Like with yeah. the, with the, with the way the people are d- killed and, you know, faces are blown off or heads are blown off or, bodies are burnt or yeah it's it it's a lot of head trauma in this movie yeah so as a spoiler kevin the the one team and i say that because there's two teams of suicide made up in the the beginning of this movie uh Uh, the one team is the the main characters and the not main characters (laughs) yeah pretty much it's uh does have you know the first team has flag and harley and boomerang yeah. And then it also has TDK um, and the Jackal, no, the Weasel, sorry, and Mongal. Um, what was um, the white-haired guy? Javelin. Oh, Javelin was there, yes. Um, Polkadot uh, Man. Uh, nope, Polkadot Man. No, Polkadot Man was in the... Polkadot Man's on Team 2, which is yeah. Your, yeah. Main, your main characters. Uh, oh, Black Knight. Who was the guy from uh, Mr. Robot? No, that's uh, it's Pete Davidson from uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, is it? I thought it was the yeah. okay. He just he looked to me. He looked like the guy from uh, from Mr. Robot. That uh, they do have similar features, oh, like okay. facial features, but yeah. no, Pete Davidson. But uh, so yeah, so that team pretty much they're the distraction team, and so when right. they go to storm the beach, the like entire nation's army is waiting for them. <laughs> while the other team swims up on a beach further around the island and is like, oh, there's nobody here. And then they see something explode and they were like, what is that? And Waller's like, it's just a distraction. Meanwhile, yep. the first team is getting slaughtered. Yep. 
Uh, and that's when we get to see well the fact that yeah they're the Suicide Squad they get they they're all getting killed. Uh, Lawler does get to push a button because someone tries to desert. There's some interesting interactions on the you know, the flight there and on the landing or attempting to swim. That uh, you know, gives them <laughs> a little bit of humor to start the movie off. Pretty much, it sets the tone of the movie right off the bat, in my opinion. Awesome. Yeah. Next. Uh, Jen. Sorry, I'm in mid yawn. <laughs> oh. You love the movie Sorry. that much, do you? It is. Well, we know it is pretty early in the morning. You know, it's not noon yet. I've been on vacation all week. I'm, you know, still figuring out time. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was really good. Uh, like I said, it was a little bit too gory. And I'm like, I wonder if I've been desensitized because I haven't really watched anything gory for like 18 months. Um, mm. But I mean, it was this is the first movie I've gone to see on the big screen since COVID started. So it was kind of weird, like. Not the last movie, but like the second last movie I saw on the big screen before COVID was Birds of Prey. And now this one. So I'm like, oh, well, at least there's a little bit of like a continuity there. Mm. And, uh, you yeah, know, I think it had a lot of good funny parts. Uh, it was a really good cast. Um, I really liked uh, the characters. I liked all of the characters. Um, like I said, a little too violent, but like I said, maybe I'm desensitized. <laughs> I love the humor, but I, I kind of expect that from a James Gunn movie now, his his type of humor. Um, what else? I like that um, I didn't know too, too much about it going in. Like, I didn't know about Ratcatcher. I didn't know. I knew Polka Dot Man was there, but I didn't really know anything about him. Uh, King Shark was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the whole, even like the whole set of people at the the command center. I don't think any of them really had names, but they ended up being pretty important characters too. So I, I like that everybody kind of had a role to play, even the the first team. Although, javelin, I like that javelin had a pretty big role to play. So here's more spoilers: <laughs> when javelin dies, he's lying there dying, and Harley comes up next to him, and javelin is like, "Take it, take the javelin." And he, then he says, and use it for, yeah, and he's like, and use it for, and then dies, and she gets angry, she's like, use it for what? What am I supposed to use it for? So then she spends the whole movie carrying this javelin around, and she's, everybody's like, why do you have this? She's like, I don't know, I'm waiting for God to tell me what I'm supposed to do with it. <laughs> uh, she's pretty awesome with the javelin, I gotta say, it's a pretty good weapon in her hands. <laughs> so yeah, I liked it, I would recommend going to see it if you liked uh, Birds of Prey and the first Suicide Squad movie, I think, or if you like any James Gunn movie, I think it would be good and you're not too turned off by uh, you know, scenes of people being ripped in half. Bleh. <laughs> oh, before Brent starts his, I just thought of something I wanted to comment on. Sorry. Um, when they when they take Harley to interrogate her and they say, oh, that the, the general, he has ways of making people talk. He'll get answers out of her. I'm just thinking to myself the whole time. It's like, they do realize that this is Harley, right? That she hung out with the Joker. They're not making yeah. her talk. This isn't going to end well for them. What a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, they don't, they don't know who they're dealing with. <laughs> and then that turned out to be a pretty funny sequence in the end. So, yeah. Um, as for me, I, I really enjoyed it. Now I am a fan of this type of movie to begin with. And it, it, I, I will, it's much more similar to the, the uh, John Ostrander run of the comic than the last one was. And I also think the last one was trying to serve too. like when you look at it now was trying to serve too many masters, mm. whereas this one just it, it's like I, I it's been said that James Gunn, part of James Gunn's contract was he was allowed to kill anybody he wanted oh. and he did. <laughs> and that's what that was kind of like for 
uh, me and for uh, Kevin was part of the appeal of the comic is you never knew who was going to bite it. Like it really did seem like any of them can go at any time. Yeah, it did. And the mm-hmm. the opening of this movie makes that very, very clear that that is continuing in here. Well, who directed the first one? Uh, David Ayer. Hasn't he recently come out pretty much almost like walked, stepping away from that, the, the theatrical cut of it, saying at this point that that's not really the movie he intended to make, that the movie he made, he wasn't allowed to make that cut? That there's a different yeah. cut that exists? One of those type is, of a Snyder cut type thing. Yeah, and who knows how true that the yeah yeah. But okay, but sorry. It is, well, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if his cut is different. How different? I, you know, I couldn't tell you because the the tone of that film is very similar to his other movies. And this is coming from a guy like I, I liked the Suicide Squad, like the first one. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it has some great moments in it and like it's well put together and stuff but this is what for me I think made this movie work and might be the thing that will like for somebody like Kevin especially will sell it is yeah it's violent and stuff like that more so than the comics ever were probably but this is the one of the first times beyond like I, it's weird to say it, but like you can compare it to Shazam is where the filmmakers involved completely embraced the weirdness and ridiculousness of the DC universe. Oh, not, yeah. Like there King Sharks in it. The right. Starro is in it, right? Yeah. Like it's like th- these things are just like kind of absurd, but th- they like just they embraced it and just went with it and made this into a really fun, good action movie slash superhero movie. The characters feel fairly fleshed out or at least Mm -hmm. set to where they are. Margot Robbie continues to be a great Harley Quinn. Like she has just completely sucked into that role and is just fantastic with it. I, I oddly I really liked um Cena, John Cena I was just gonna as, say, uh, yeah. as Peacemaker. As a peacemaker. I, I thought he he was he's sec, kind of second banana, a bit of comic relief, but does a fantastic job in it. And I'm glad he sort of found like a acting niche for him to sort of fall into. Um Idris yeah, Elba was but by good. the end of the movie. I was yeah. just going to say, by the end of the movie, it makes me not want to see a, a Peacemaker spinoff because I don't like him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Jen, Jen wants to see the Sebastian the Rat spinoff movie. Yeah! I whispered to Brent halfway through the movie, I'm like, if Sebastian the Rat dies in this, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rat Catcher he 2 was He's fine. pretty good. I, I, I really liked her performance in it. And even like... They did fantastic stuff with the motion capture combined with um, Sylvester Stallone's vocal performance as King Shark. Now, this is a different King Shark than we've seen before. This one's a bit more of a dumbass, but like I loved like him. He was so more cute. animal than human. But it, it was it was well done. Like as I don't know, maybe it's just his age and how he came up in the film industry, but James Gunn really seems to know how to do motion capture performance, like in, and get the feel that it's an entire character, even when it's like kind of like three different people playing the part. Like you've got the guy on set, the guy doing the voice and the animators on it. Right. And they somehow managed to make it into a, like a fully fleshed out character, much like rocket. Yeah. So it, yeah, I, I would totally recommend this movie. It was it was a lot of fun, but I totally recommend it for uh ages fourteen and up. For fourteen and up. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of head explosions. Um how was your reaction when you saw Starro for the first time? Um <laughs> Does he uh, look good? 
Oh, yeah. Look. He looks yeah, awesome. Yeah. Especially like... I like that see... he shoots little starros out of his armpit. Yeah, you do see the little, like, face hugger ones, too, uh, Kevin. The face hugger starros. Yeah, yeah, you yeah know, the, he the shoots ones out that... of his armpit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's clearly um, they've missed a huge marketing and merchandise opportunity here. The stores should be filled with Starro masks right now. Like we oh. should all be able to walk over to Walmart or Toys R Us or someplace and buy a face hugger Starro mask to wear. Or a plushie. To be fair, though, uh, like like it's kind of weird. This is maybe they're just the the. This goes into a different conversation, I guess. But uh, the amount of merchandise for this film is very limited mm-hmm. like it, we're going to get like a couple waves of action figures from mcfarland toys and that currently is it like there's no mass there's no but maybe that's also due to the the fact that the film is rated r yeah yeah you i'm know. thinking that's probably what it is no, there's still some of that teenage, you know, hot topic type merchandise being made, but uh, mm. like T-shirts and stuff like that, because I get that popping up in my emails. So, are there any references to the greater DC universe, like any Batman or Superman? Not uh, Superman is part Justice of why. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Bloodsport or Bloodsport? Not yeah. Deathstroke. That was the other one. <laughs> no, it was Deadshot. Was Deadshot? Oh yeah. Oops, one. that's the other other one. That would be the only thing that yeah. I would say is while I really like Edris Alba in this, his character is sort of interchangeable with Deadshot. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Yeah. A- and like a, a, a similar motivation too. Yeah. But yeah. I like Edris Alba better. <laughs> then Will and Smith? apparently he was, it was originally like the rumor is, is that it was supposed to be Deadshot. And Edris Alba was going to take over the part, but hires up at Warner Brothers wanted to leave it open for Will Smith to come back at a later date. So they, they switched up the, the character. And apparently it's a character that James Gunn did like from the comics, like was able to pick out from the comics. But it it's really not much different. Like you could you could have swapped those characters out with very little trouble. Other than he was just a, minor, a better actor, so it's Bloodsport was a minor Superman villain, wasn't he? Yeah, and and this isn't spoiling anything because I think it's in a couple of the trailers. He's in there for uh, shooting Superman with a kryptonite bullet. Uh, I, yeah, I think I had yeah. heard that. I also liked Weasel. He was fun. <laughs> Weasel creeps me out. So you know what oh, yeah. I read this morning that I thought was kind of awesome is uh, Sean Gunn, who is the the motion capture artist for Weasel. Of course he is. Based his performance, and they based the look on Bill the Cat from Bloom County, like the comic strip. Oh, that makes sense to me. Oh, the minute I heard that, that was like, oh, shit, yeah, that completely makes sense. But, uh... So overall, um, the three of us rather enjoyed it. I think it's safe to say. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it. Trying to find time to see it. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to watch it again at some point. I'm because I just I, I enjoy that kind of movie. Mm. <laughs> With that, we come to the end of this episode. And Geek Fix, who wants to go first? Jen, you well, go first. Okay. okay. Well, uh, I, I, just I didn't think Jen first. had one, so I was just trying to throw her under the bus. Let me go first no, I totally have one this time. I'll be good <laughs> because I really don't. I've been... Okay, I'll go first while you guys think of it. <laughs> I'm happy to go first. Go ahead, Jen. No, I'll go first. So um, I watched uh, Cruella uh, on Disney Plus oh, a how couple is it? days ago. It was surprisingly good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think that it ties in very well to the animated 101 Dalmatians, except mm-hmm. for very, very, very loosely. But it's basically like the movie was The Devil Wears Prada, only Disney-vied. Um, so, that. yeah. But, I mean, I love The Devil Wears Prada, so that's not a, cri- not, not a harsh criticism. 
so the movie is um Estella is her name and she's kind of almost got like a split personality disorder where she has got this other personality called Cruella and her mother basically tries to get her to repress Cruella and be Estella uh, until she, you know, eventually gets to this breaking point where Cruella basically smothers Estella and now she's Cruella and she's trying to uh, make it in the fashion industry by toppling the Baroness, who is the top most um, fashion designer in the city, I guess. Um, so she does all this like fun punk versions of fashion. Cause it's set in like the sixties and seventies. Um, so she's like doing all this punk fashion and rock shows and, you know, turning the fashion world over on its head. The soundtrack is fantastic. I got to download it. Um, and it was just a fun movie. Like I watched it with my nephew who's eight and he enjoyed it. Uh, neither of them, or like he had never seen 101 Dalmatians. Um, and then my niece, who's 11, came in at the end. And so I had to explain the whole movie to her while I was trying to watch the ending of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? What's going on? Why does that? Sh- why does she? her hair look like that? I'm like, oh, geez. You should have watched the movie. She you seriously came in after. within the, like, the last 40 minutes of the movie. I'm like, oh. But, I mean, if you like 101 Dalmatians, if you like Disney movies, if you like The Devil Wears Prada... Um, I would recommend watching it. I really, really liked it. And I love Emma Stone. She is fantastic. Mm. And uh, Emma Thompson is the Baroness. And she's also fantastic as the villain. So, yeah. Watch Cruella. It's on Disney Plus now. Is it available to everybody now on Disney Plus? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Wonderful. Also, thanks for throwing me under the bus, Ryan. You're welcome. trying to. I tried mostly because I didn't have a I didn't have a geek pick yet, so. Well, for I figured one, redirect, redirect. Done. I uh, <laughs> I I didn't have a geek pick either. I was just going to uh, pimp the play I'm in. Please come see Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare in Aurelia at the end of August. But I did think of something while Jen was uh, talking uh, to us about her pick and uh, um, a, a podcast that I listened to has just come back uh it's called voyage to the stars it is a an improvised science fiction epic it's quite funny it stars people that you might know like uh felicia day is one of the main characters on this show uh basically this ragtag crew in a stolen spaceship is trying to save the galaxy from the nothing so they're trying to find the something to stop the nothing it's quite funny So uh, it's called Voyage to the Stars, uh, and the season three has just started. Uh, There's not that many episodes of it if you wanted to give the whole thing a listen. But uh, if you like science fiction, comedy, improvisation, uh, it's all all there. Uh, So Voyage to the Stars, that is my geek pick for the week. Cool. Uh, My geek pick, well, Brent and I went to the movies last weekend and saw a movie. Uh, We went and saw Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. It was a Snake Eyes movie. Lots of ninjas and stuff. A little bit of G.I. Joe, a little bit of Cobra. Kind of a good rebooting of that whole franchise. Uh, It's not supposed to be tied to the the first two movies. I was just reading that again in an article where, uh, I guess, uh, the main producer or whatever, executive producer guy was like, no, 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 this is not, it's a reboot. And uh, I hope we get more into the franchise. You know, I want to, hopefully we can continue to get G.I. Joe movies and they keep getting better and better. Um, go see it. Or, well, if you don't want to go see it, watch it when it comes out for release in like, like another like couple weeks. <laughs> Brent? Alrighty. Well, I've got uh, sort of two. Uh, one is connected to our review this week, and the other is way far off of it. Um, so I'll go with that one first. I would recommend to uh, people to watch the the latest uh, episode of All Ego Ethan Page's blog. Uh, they got uh, him and a bunch of other guys did their cheat meal on his uh, vlog on YouTube including uh, one of my favorite indie wrestlers, Dan Housen. 
And they went to Arby's, and Arby's sponsored it. They didn't just go to Arby's. They ate pizza and super awesome donuts, too. Yeah, the, the the when they're filming the donuts part, it reminded me of Pulp Fiction when the guy's selling John Travolta heroin because he's <laughs> going over what each donut is, and all those guys are just like ready to pounce on it. But it's the part in Arby's and these uh, lucky slash unlucky workers at this Arby's who like it's it looks like it's like 9 30 10 o'clock and this posse of pro wrestlers roll in two of which are wearing what they call meat sweats that Arby provided with for them which were (laughs) sweatsuits with like Arby's sandwich patterns on them Mm. now I want (laughs) to have Arby's for lunch so they roll in, and these guys at Arby's were just fantastic, and it, it it just it made me laugh pretty hard. So that's one, and two is uh, I picked up the first issue of DC's Black Label series, uh, The Suicide Squad Get Joker, and uh, definitely timed to go with the movie. Essentially, Amanda Waller figures that it's time for the Joker to be uh, arrested and taken out. So she assembles a suicide squad consisting of Firefly, Wild Dog, Harley, and uh, a couple others led by Red Hood. And because she figures he uh, would like to get some revenge on him, you know, for killing him. (laughs) Um, And uh, I won't give away the twist, but it's got a really good, like, cliffhanger twist at the end of the first issue that I really, really like. It's non-continuity, so if you just know the general idea of the Suicide Squad from the movies, you'll be able to pick this up and understand it pretty quick. Cool. So that's it for this episode. We will return in two weeks with another episode, but in the meantime, you can uh, find everybody at uh, various different things. Let's start with Kevin. So uh, I am still doing Galaxy Class. We just had our one-year anniversary of that show, uh, and that comes out weekly from the United Federation of Podcast Network. Uh, Stage Whispers is still going strong. We just had our one-year anniversary of that show, too, uh, and uh, that comes out independently from me. So uh, if you like listening to me me ramble, uh, those are places that you can continue to hear that. (laughs) And come and see Twelfth Night. Okay, next. Brian, Jen. Oh, sure. Uh, you can find me on uh, uh, on this channel on episodes of Tales from the Collectiverse, the third Thursday of every month with Snowhawk Cosplay, uh, where we talk toy news, talk about collecting stuff, uh, talk about the stuff we've bought this month, um, and then you can find us on our Instagram Tales from Collectiverse, where we show pictures of toys, um, our collections, and we show off the stuff we buy <laughs> on Instagram videos. So uh, you know, give it a, give it a like, give it a share, check us out. Uh, we hope to hear from you, and uh, hope you enjoy what we're doing. Jen, so you can listen to me and Tracy talk about uh, Sailor Moon on Sailor Snacking. <clears throat> we are at the next episode that's going to come out is going to be the last episode of Sailor Moon Crystal season one. And then we're going to have a little bit of a break because our wonderful editor, Serena would like to have a little bit of a break. <laughs> then, And we also have to start recording again. And then we're going to get into Sailor Moon R back to the nineties. Um, and yeah, we're having a little bit of a rough go because the first 13 episodes of Sailor Moon R are filler and awful. So we're going to get them out of the way in two two podcast episodes so you don't have to suffer as we are. And you can find us at Sailor Snacking on Instagram, or you can uh, use the True North Nerds email to get in touch with us, uh, truenorthnerds at gmail.com. We're still checking that email, right? (laughs) Yes, Uh, I I check it periodically. Okay, good. (laughs) We have an email? (laughs) (laughs) Brent? I'm not really much of anywhere right now, other than uh, you can find me uh, still hosting the Dark Side 
uh, my radio show that is now an internet radio show on Black Donnelly Radio under uh, the at the website Mixcloud. So just look up the dark side or, you know, join us on Facebook and all that sort of stuff. I'm playing industrial and goth and dark music and just generally weird shit. <laughs> this week I played a band from Russia and it was completely in Russian. It was like lo-fi, like kind of like Depeche Modi sort of stuff. It was really good. Um, so yeah, if that's your thing, join me there. If not, just uh, keep coming back to true North nerds. Cause I'm here every uh, two weeks with these episodes. So, uh, with that, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, stay healthy and happy, everybody, and uh, we will see you soon. Hi. Bye. See ya. Set your faces to sexy. <laughs> Set your faces to sexy. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Three, two...